listening to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, Hello, sports sports fans. Well, hello. Local sports, national sports. The GCAT has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to to tee tee it it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Check it out, George. We just found out. You got to write your name on it. Is this what happens in offices? It's like saying my juice. It happens in every office. Who drank my apple juice? You heard Eve on Barbershop. Who drank my apple juice? I can't believe this. Somebody in here at the ESPN Studios Seaport had the audacity, the unmitigated gall, to go into the refrigerator in our cafeteria. Yeah. It's like a kitchen, really. It's not really a cafeteria. It's like a kitchen. Yeah. And open our un... It was, it was sealed. Just right? It was you. unopened yeah, box. Unopened. unopened. Of chocolate-frosted Entenmann's donuts that Stosh brought for us as a gift. Because we were talking about Entenmann's last week. That I haven't had in... Years, yeah. You had your, it's, it's like uh, like on um, was it Harlem Harlem Nights? I got my mouth all ready for some hash. I come here, ain't no hash in there. So Renee goes to the fridge because we're like, you know what? This would be a great time to break open the box and have nice a and couple cold. of chocolate nice frosted, and nice and perfect, out of the fridge, nice and cold. Mm-hmm. And he comes back with crumb cake. There's nothing wrong with crumb cake, though. I mean, crumb cake's all right. I got to be honest. Is that oh, Louisiana crumb cake? No, it's just regular. New York. It's the regular. I don't think they make the Louisiana crumb no cake. You put a little butter on it. But the f- who took our donuts? We need to now find you know, out. You know when they opened There's it. There's not many people here. You know when they opened it, they ate one and they and they went and sat down and they was like, oh, and they was like, oh man. And then they told somebody, hey, there's a box of donuts. And hey, where go, you get that from? We haven't had those in a long time. And then they ate out the whole ba- the whole damn box. See, so now Alan's going to be a grouch. Oh, there's no doubt. Well, maybe you should do your Yankee thing since you're in a grouchy mood. We'll discuss the Yankee thing a little bit later. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Yeah, the Yankee thing? You know what? I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Matt Ryan's um, $7.5 million roster bonus. It pushed back four, to Tuesday, right? 4 p.m. Not today. 4 p.m. <laughs> you got to give him that just to, even if you trade him or not. If so you if he's on, on the roster by four after 4 p.m. today, tomorrow he gets that bonus. That's why it's Tuesday. Tomorrow he gets it, but it's 4 p.m. today. Yeah. And if you're Matt Ryan, I mean, I, I wouldn't feel a certain way. I understand you want to get to Sean. Fine. But but me knowing that maybe my future is a lot shorter than I thought. You win a championship it's with a this roster. $5 million dead cap hit. Well, if you love me, then you'll, you'll if you can get something back for me, then let me go. We have to see. Like, the musical so chairs is about to happen. Well, well who's the best team? The butterfly team left, effect. Who's, who's, the, who's the best team left in the NFL that doesn't have a quarterback? Go ahead. Free agent, but he's sort of there. The Colts. They don't have a quarterback. They don't have a quarterback at all. Like, they need a quarterback. They got a lot of money, too. And they you got spent uh, on is nobody. Is it Baker? 
Gee, do you try to trade for, you know, like, what do you do? To me, you know, and Matt Ryan, if, if he does force, that's the guy you really should go for, right? That's yeah. the guy. You have the, the Philip Rivers effect again. You try that. You know, he's, he, his arm has always been a lot stronger than Philip well, Rivers. Well, I'm just saying, it's no, just what I'm saying. I'm saying, now, I'm, I'm saying with now what he's still capable of doing yeah. with a run game. I mean, Matt Ryan would be the prize if, if he was out there because his pedigree is better than everybody's right, right now. I mean, I think he threw for damn near 4,000 yards last year. Into a Super Bowl. With pretty much without Calvin Ridley. Mm-hmm. You know, thousand yards product productivity, six hundred yards uh, receiving, four hundred yeah. yards. Um, you know, four hundred yards receiving, six hundred yards rushing. Gotcha. I mean, it's crazy. So they lost rushing Russell Gage, um, Russell Gage to to Tampa. I mean, if you can plug in and, and know that this is a rebuilding year, and you can get your franchise quarterback. Why not move on from Jimmy G? Uh, I mean, move on from um, from Matty Ice. I would move, I would move him. him. So if you're the Colts. Those are your three options. See, but you got to trade something for them. You don't have any, you know, you they don't have any first round draft picks. That's the other thing is what's it going to cost you? But yeah, the, they don't those, have anything. Those are your three best options. You're the Colts, and you got to get somebody that can that can be a capable. Well, uh, the salary cap space around mm-hmm. to go get Deshaun Watson. Are they going to give you that money? They were willing to give him $46 million a year. They're not going to give you 30 Are they going to give you a, a, a three-year deal? Or are they going to give you a one-year deal like they did last year at $15 million? You were making less than Taysom Hill, and you supposed and you supposed to be the guy. They don't really believe in you, bro. They're, they're selling it for you. We want you to come over mm-hmm. here. We got plenty of money, and guess what? We got the roster to help you ball out. That's true, too. And, you know uh, what I'm saying? It's, it's, imagine him in like, the so AFC. This game is imagine the a former number one pick. I know. I know. In the AFC. I know. Like, that's the the thing about Winston is that he was a number one pick. But just watching this carousel, you think, oh, okay, Watson finally lands somewhere. Okay, now it starts to settle down. No, no, no. I mean, there's still hey, – what's Seattle doing? Like, there's still some little things going on there. Baker, but obviously – Buddy, you got me? Start talking, Jeff. Just start talking. There we go. Start talking. Six, let's get some more calls here, Bart, as, again, we're talking about Deshaun Watson and him going to Cleveland and the Browns having to put out, like, five or six of three different statements and all this explaining and all that stuff, and it's like, man, we all know what this was about. You don't need to explain how you checked all the boxes and don't blame us. We're just making a football move here. Come on, man. We all know this was strictly about your desperation for a quarterback. You were willing to do whatever it took, including fully guaranteeing something never nobody's ever done before, and now you're just – it's the high-risk – high reward kind of move yeah. and you're hoping the reward outweighs the risk like anybody would but isn't Aaron wasn't Aaron Rodgers second contract basic guarantee they wouldn't cut Aaron Rodgers well, no, no, I know. he's 26 years old yeah, so Rogers, 31 30 Aaron Rodgers has been through the last two years it's, it's nothing like whatever is going on with Watson let's go to Doug in Dallas come on Doug it's darn actually hey hey Bart uh
All right, let's try this again. Hopefully we have you here on the Sports Hangover. Welcome in. I'm Daniel Salerson alongside Aaron Summers. We're trying to fill in for Gus Cattengale. Haven't had too much luck right now with technical difficulties, but I think we got it squared away. West, we are ready to go here as we have plenty to talk about for today's show. We'll go through the lineup in just a second, but Aaron Summers joins me from the Pelicans Radio Network, also the New Orleans Saints. She does really everything for both teams. And uh, we have a lot to talk about regarding the New Orleans Pelicans, so we'll get to that here in just a little bit. Aaron, let's go back to last night first. 117-112 to 112 for the New Orleans Pelicans over the Atlanta Hawks. And look, this is a team that's won two in a row now on the road. It's been great to see how they've stepped up defensively, especially in that first quarter. But what would you like about the win last night? It was really incredible the way that they came out. We know that the first quarters have been tough for the Pelicans. They need to be locked in defensively. Coach Willie Green's talked about it a lot, the game plan discipline. It started Friday night at the Spurs. They were definitely locked in. Players talked about the energy at shoot-around, the focus, people wanting to come out and win that game, and it carried over to Atlanta. Both of these games have been huge for the Pelicans, gaining momentum at a really crucial point in this season. I loved the fight in this team down the stretch. Atlanta's a good team, and you knew that they were going to figure it out. Trey Young was going to be able to you know, drain some shots there, and he was able to, at the end, kind of bring this in. It tied the game up with a, a really nice three ball. I think it was like 108 when the game was tied. And the Pelicans did not back down. And a lot of it was because of the fight of Jose Alvarado. I mean, he was back in Atlanta where he played college ball. It was really exciting to watch. We saw him go off when he was back in New York. I don't know. Maybe he just needs to pretend like every game's a homecoming. Yeah, whether it's Brooklyn where he had a great game there or Atlanta last night, he has to pretend like he's in State Farm Arena tonight as the Pelicans are in Hornet are in Charlotte on the back-to-back against the Hornets. So let's run down what's coming up on today's show. We've kind of figured out things here in our Smoothie King Center studios as we'll hear from Antonio Daniels in just a few moments. Pelicans television analyst. We'll also talk about March Madness. Aaron, is your bracket busted yet? Are you still hanging in there? My bracket is absolutely busted, but everybody's is. There is not a perfect bracket out there at this point on either the men's or women's side. I uh, have two Final Four teams already out. I don't know why I had Kentucky in there. Um, scratching my head about that one, and I tried. <laughs> I tried to get Q with Wisconsin getting in right. there. I had them beating Auburn in the Elite Eight. Well, neither of those teams won last night. And then how about that thrilling game between Arizona and TCU? I fell asleep, so I can't even say thrilling. I'm an old man who goes to bed early. But from looking at the highlights this morning, I missed a pretty good one, especially how regulation ended with a potential foul that was not called. I was literally trying not to like get sick because uh, the TCU player, he got hit in the nose, and they kept showing it over and over (laughs) again. And blood was just everywhere. I I don't know. It's a wild game. The officiating has been suspect across the board Uh in some of these games. I am Carolina fan over here. That game was crazy oh, against yeah. Baylor. But yeah, it's been good. It was a really fun way to end the weekend. Yeah, a couple of upsets in women's, uh, the women's bracket as well. South Dakota with that huge win over Baylor and then Creighton over Iowa. Lauren Jensen, who used to play for Iowa, moved over to Creighton due to playing time, actually hits the mm-hmm. game winning shot for them on Iowa's home court. So lots to get to on today's show. We'll talk about that with Terrence Oglesby at one o'clock. He'll get us caught up on everything March Madness and at 115. We'll hear from Jeff Duncan and Nola.com to talk Saints free agency as some of the dominoes fell in the place from last Friday with Deshaun Watson. Uh, choosing the Cleveland Browns. What a 
interesting kind of free agency it has been for for all teams. Then at 2.15, we'll hear from Ron Boone, who covers the Hornets in the NBA for the Charlotte Observer. Again, Pelicans and Hawks tonight from the Spectrum Center. And at 2.30, John the Shazer will have him put on both hats. We'll talk Saints as they have a couple of new additions um, with Marcus May and Contavious Street. And also, we'll get his take on Pelicans and Hornets. So lots to get to. We'll also take your calls um, throughout the show. 800-998-1003. We'll also hear from Jordan Kleber, who will check in at the bottom of each hour. He has posted today's question of the day. You can follow the, on Twitter at ESPN Radio NOLA. What is the key to tonight's Pelicans game as they take on the Hornets? Comment on Twitter at ESPN Radio NOLA. Or again, when we open up the phone lines, 800 998 one zero zero three. What would be your biggest key, Aaron, for tonight's game between the Pelicans and the Hornets? Can I just go defense? Sure. Like general defense. <laughs> I know it's been uh, a focal point, and I think that definitely needs to be something that they're locked in on again tonight. And then maybe you know using their advantage, the size advantage down low. I think everyone remembers what happens when these two teams met. Uh, I think it was 10 days ago with Charlotte scoring 142 points, defeating the Pelicans 142 to 120 at home. A little bit of a different team for the Pelicans. No CJ McCollum in that game. Mm-hmm. He is available tonight, but Devontae Graham questionable um, playing against his home, playing against his former team. Aaron, I hope he can play just so he can he can come back home and play against the the team that he once played for. Yeah, absolutely. You always love a good a good story like that where you can come and play against your former teammate. Usually, there's just a little bit more in it for those guys. They want it a little bit more, so you'd really love to see Devontae be able to get that opportunity tonight, and, and hopefully, you know, it would you know pay dividends for the Pelicans. Can you imagine? So the the Lakers also play tonight as well at Cleveland. The Pelicans have been getting some help and finally are taking advantage of it. They're three ahead in the loss column of San Antonio and Portland. Portland lost last night, but San Antonio, man, on a Josh Primo offensive rebound putback with .3 seconds left, takes down the Golden State Warriors without Steph Curry. And the Pelicans could be in sole possession tonight. They are in ninth based on the tiebreaker. Can you imagine tonight a Pelicans win, Lakers loss, and you're sitting at ninth with a one-game lead with 10 to go. It could be crazy night around the NBA. Yeah, last night was the first time in all of this that the Pelicans had the opportunity to take advantage of the seeding without any help, and they were able to do so. Moving into ninth, now it's going to take a little bit of movement from other teams' losses. I mean, people keep talking about the Clippers. Like, could they even overcome the Clippers in this? Uh, they're the next team up there on in the eighth, and that would be unreal, but they would definitely need a lot of help in that regard. All right, we are underway here, filling in for Gus Cattengill, Daniel Salerson, Aaron Summers. It's a Pelicans game day. Plenty of Pelicans coverage throughout this entire show, and we'll go to that next. Up next, Pelicans television analyst Antonio Daniels. You're listening to the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans, 100.3 FM. Delivery trucks rush all over town and sometimes cause king-size accidents. The King Firm has trial attorneys experienced at handling crashes involving delivery trucks. They can help fight for your medical bills, lost wages, and pain and suffering. Get the royal treatment you deserve when you ring the king. If you've been injured in a delivery truck accident, ring the king at 909-KING. 
energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette, plus the River Parishes, too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply, 985-223-8807, Highway 311 in Homa. Set yourself up for success when planning your next event, whether it's wedding, festival, Mardi Gras, rodeo, or concert. Joe Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases. Joe Septic Contractors can supply multi-stall restroom, air-conditioned trailers, anytime, anywhere, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Planning a luxury event? Check out their new black tie luxury restroom and shower trailers. Visit Joe Septic at Viscom.net with locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fouchon, and Abbeville. It's crawfish season and Louisiana crawfish are ready for boiling. Rouse's Markets has special seafood boiling rooms in stores. Yep, these guys are professional boilers. Rouse's Market starts with the prettiest Louisiana crawfish, of course. But the key is the Rouse's Down the Bayou Seafood Mix. It's seasoned with just the right amount of lemon and onion and garlic and heat. Get Rouse's Louisiana crawfish hot from the pot. 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. every day. That's 11 to 7 at Rouse's Market. Tastes like home. Let's hit it. Now back to, back to the, the Sports sport. Hangover with Gus Kattengall. Not Gus Kattengall, Daniel Salerson, Aaron Summers filling in for him today on the Sports Hangover, the flagship station for your New Orleans Pelicans. Pelicans and Hornets tonight from Charlotte. And we're pleased to be joined by Antonio Daniels, Pelicans television analyst. Again, you can watch him tonight with Joel Myers and Jen Hale with pregame coverage beginning at 5.30. Good afternoon, Antonio. I feel like we're feeling good right now the way this team has played the last couple of games on the road. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. Um, we'll try to save you your voice take, a you little bit. Take it on a over there with your port. We got it. We'll, Antonio, let's start with the last two wins uh, for New Orleans here um, on the road. They're coming off of a, a huge win over the Hawks, 117-112, the big win against San Antonio, and it really started with those first quarters kind of setting the tone defensively. What have you liked the most about these last two wins? For me, it's all about defense. That's really what stood out to me. They're defending. And it sounds crazy to say, but they're defending from the moment the game starts. When you're on the road, you don't want to play catch-up. You don't want to be playing from behind. And if you go back to San Antonio, San Antonio has 10 points in the first quarter. You know, Atlanta has 18 points in the first quarter. So they're getting off to a good start defensively, and as opposed to playing catch-up, they're forcing the San Antonio Spurs and the Atlanta Hawks to play catch-up. Antonio, this is the first time all season that the Pelicans have won back-to-back games without Brandon Ingram. What does that say about the growth of this team and how well they're doing at this point? Well, I think it just says that they're growing. Um, when you're without um, someone of B.I.'s skill set and his talent, like the thing is, this is an unforgiving league. So ain't nobody going to feel sorry for you. It's two ways you can go. You can make excuses or you can learn to win. And what they're doing is they're learning to win because – Throughout this year, they've been without B.I. at different points, and guys have had to learn to step up. You know, it's almost like baptism by fire. Well, maybe I'm not ready, but Mm -hmm. you know what? You don't got a choice but to be ready because I'm going to put you out there. And it's nice to see guys responding 
this time of the year. How about guys like Jose Alvarado? Mm. I mean, he mm. has stepped up on both ends of the court, even Herb Jones as well. Mm. We knew they were defensive-minded players coming in, but the way that they have made impacts offensively and to the confidence that Coach Green had in Alvarado down the stretch, I mean, how impressed have you been by his play? Well, for me, it's um, what is so impressive to me about the fact that the New Orleans Pelicans went into Atlanta, who was the Eastern Conference Finals team last year, and closed the game with two rookies. I think that speaks volumes. Mm-hmm. Not just where his team is, but also in the amount of confidence that Willie Green has in his rookies. And what I like about Jose and Herb is they allow their defense to dictate their offense. And a lot of times with young players, it's usually the other way around. If they're going offensively, then they want to play extremely hard defensively. But with Jose and Herb, whether or not their shot is falling, whether or not they're contributing offensively, they are still working their tails off defensively. So they don't rush anything. They don't force anything. They allow the game to breathe and take what comes their way. I love what Jose did to finish that game yesterday. The drive down the stretch, the layup down the stretch, and then the two free throws. Just the confidence that he has in himself. When, in the beginning of the season, he was a guy that may have doubted whether or not he belonged in the NBA or not. So to see him grow and progress game by game, I I couldn't be prouder and happier for him. No doubt about that. I remember your tweet last night, Jose, Jose, Jose. It it definitely fit with what he was able to do last night. And I think a lot of people are also talking about AD. Um, Jackson Hayes at the four right next to Mm -hmm. Jonas Valanciunas. And I remember... Me and you had a conversation at practice one day about the matchups with Jackson Hayes and Jonas at the four and five. And you said the Hawks might be the one that gives him the most problems with Danilo Gallinari stretching the floor. And sure enough, Gallinari with 27 points. But for the most part, Jackson Hayes still had a double double last night, 12 points and 12 rebounds in 38 minutes, um, one block shot. What has worked with those two starting at the same time? Everything. Everything. <laughs> and I know that sounds, that sounds simplistic, but. When you have Jonas, and what teams will do is they'll put Jonas out on the floor and pick and roll. Okay, that, that's no secret. That's no secret. So now what happens is when you have another big that's rolling to the rim, as opposed to that big rolling to the rim and being taken by a C.J. McCollum or a Brandon Ingram or a Devontae Graham, now he'd be taken by another seven-footer. So what it does for you defensively is incredible. And then Jackson's ability to roam. What I like about what Willie Green has done is he simplified the game for him. And, and I don't mean this in a disrespectful manner, but he's eliminated a lot of the thought process and just allowed Jackson to play. If you're open, shoot it. Run the floor. You want to rotate block shots, rotate block shots. You want to crash the glass and tip, don't do that. That's when Jackson's in his best element. Now, with younger players, when you start involving the thought process, oh, okay, wait a minute. Pick and roll. Am I in ice? Am I in blue? Am I in drop? Am I in down? What am I in? Now that's when you start to see things start to get a little complicated for Jackson. And he's spoken about this. So I love the fact that Willie and his coaching staff have really simplified the game for Jackson and allowed him to be a defensive back on both sides of the floor. 
We hear from Willie Green, we hear from the players about game plan discipline. And just for the listeners mm-hmm. listening, what exactly does game plan discipline entail? Because when they talk about them following the game plan and be able to stick to it, this team is really good. And sometimes when they lose, they say they lack the game plan discipline. So just from a, a general X's and O's or kind of an NBA vernacular, what, what does that mean uh, as far as this team sticking to game plan discipline? You know, it sounds, again, it, 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 take it literally. Game plan discipline means whatever the game plan is, that's what I need you guys to do. So when you are without B.I., your room for error is smaller. You know what I mean? So maybe you can lack a little game plan discipline when you have two guys with B.I. and C.J. McCollum with three guys with Jonas Valanciunas that can get you 75 points on any given night. You remove 25 from that, now you're talking about 50. Game plan discipline means with this particular guy, if we're supposed to go double on the first dribble, go double on the first dribble. With this particular guy, and we're supposed to run him up the three-point line, run him up the three-point line. It's basically knowing your personnel and knowing the game plan and not having much slippage in that personnel and in that game plan. Again, it's going to happen. There's no such thing as 48 minutes of perfect basketball. It's not going to happen. But what you want to do is keep your mistakes to a minimum. Here now on a back-to-back, how difficult is it to bring that kind of focus here in the second game, knowing that you already got two wins on this road trip? That's my worry. That's my worry, Aaron. That's my worry right there. Because before you go on this trip, once you tell yourself it, let's get two or three. I don't care what two it is. You obviously wanted the San Antonio one. That was the biggest one. Mm-hmm. Because it's a one-game swing, and they're behind you. Okay, get the San Antonio one. All right, now what happens? Now when you win that second one, now as opposed to being complacent, you want to be greedy. So now as opposed to winning 66% of the games on this road trip, you want to sweep it. You want to sweep it. And they're starting the team. They're young. They're fast. They were resting yesterday. And you are coming off a very, very hard-fought game. And you have three games in four nights. You have every possible excuse to shut it down and say, you know what, man, we won the first two. But good team. Bring it consistently. And Willie said that yesterday. Not occasionally, but consistently. And if you want to get to that nice spot, stay in that nice spot, it's going to take a little bit extra. Tonight, it's going to take a little extra to come in here to Charlotte and walk out here to victory. Whether or not you have Devontae Graham, how do you like the guard play? I mean, are we going to see a little more of Jose Alvarado? Um, I don't know if you see more. I think Willie has a, a... great rotation going right now. And I, for, for me, I would expect Devontae to play. This is the old team. Yeah. This is a team that, that you know, you, you went to war with these dudes for years. No, no, I'm not missing this game. If I got to miss one of these two, the Atlanta or the Charlotte game, I'll sit the Atlanta game and come back because I'm going to show ahead. <laughs> so I would expect Devontae Graham to go out and play tonight. But Charlotte is a heavy guard team. You know, you think of LaMelo Ball, you think of Rozier, you think of Bridges. They are a, 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 a backcourt team. So I love when I have an opportunity to see, like, Jose and that fire and that spunk that he brings. He did it yesterday with Trey Young. We saw him do it this year with Brad Van Bleet. He don't care about the name on the back of the jersey. Mm-hmm. He's going out and he's going to compete no matter what. And when you have a guy out there that's going to play like that, it is contagious. C.J. McCollum didn't play in the first time that these two teams met. 
So now it'll be just like he didn't play in the first time these two teams uh, when they played Atlanta. You know, now it's different because now they have to guard a guy that could go out and give them 30. So now it kind of changes things a little bit. So I'm excited how this is going to look from a backcourt standpoint. So give me one key before I let you go, AD, for tonight's game. Because you mentioned it's a completely different team now that CJ is playing in this game and not the one that was played 10 days ago. What's the biggest key tonight for the Pelicans to get that third one on the road against Charlotte? I'll tell you what, for me it always comes down to turnovers. Especially when you're playing against a team like Charlotte. They're second in pace, second in points per game. They want to run. They want to get up and down the floor. And if you remember, a few last week, they came into Smoothie King Center and put 142 points on the board. And a lot of that comes off of turnovers. Live ball turnovers. LaMelo Balls must watch TV. But you put him in an open court situation with Terry Rozier and Bridges and Oubre and those guys, no, can't do it. So this is one of those games, similar to the San Antonio Spurs game, where you cannot beat yourself. You can't. You have to go out and you, you have to be content and complacent with being boring, with hitting singles throughout the course of the game. So when it comes to the fourth quarter, you are putting yourself in a position to win that game. Should be a fun one tonight from Charlotte Pelicans and Hornets. That's Antonio Daniels, Pelicans television analyst. You can hear him on the call with Joel Myers and Jen Hale on Valley Sports New Orleans, 6 p.m. Central tonight. Antonio, I really appreciate the time. Have a great call and bring home that third win. Amen. You guys have a great show. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Thanks. Uh, Daniel. All right. Thank you. That's Antonio Daniels. You can follow him on Twitter at adaniels33. Pelicans and Hornets tonight, 6 p.m. Central Time. Phone lines are now open. We're going to use the rest of this half hour to the one o'clock hour to take your phone calls. We'll also hear from Jordan in a couple of segments. 800-998-1003. You're listening to the Sports Hangover on the flagship station for your New Orleans Pelicans, ESPN New Orleans, 100.3 FM. When you're sick, you want to be close to home. World-class medicine doesn't require a trip to the city because the best care is close to home at Thibodeau Regional. We're continually adding new services, and our team of physicians has grown to more than 250. That's a lot of doctors. More doctors, more services, treating more conditions. And keeping more families healthy. World-class medicine, right here, close to home at Thibodeau Regional. I'm Pablo Torre, host of ESPN Daily, where every morning we present the best sports story of the day. And ESPN Daily is presented by Supercuts. Supercuts is the perfect way to get a haircut if you're someone who doesn't have time for a haircut. You just check in on the Supercuts app or you walk in for a quality cut. The highly trained stylist at Supercuts can always give you that fresh cut feeling fast. And it's not just any haircut. It's Supercuts. Check in now on the Supercuts app or on Supercuts.com. Not just anybody can make the perfect Sazerac. And not just anybody can offer Louisiana's hospitality industry the perfect workers' comp coverage. The Louisiana Restaurant Association's SIF team knows what hospitality businesses need. We truly care about your team's safety and your success. Everybody who's anybody goes with LRA Workers' Comp. Ask around. In this business, word of mouth is everything. Keyshawn Johnson. 
Jay Williams, and Max Kellerman. You've seen the last of Baker Mayfield in the Cleveland Browns uniform. They've got to figure out with that $19 million fifth-year option, somebody else may take it on and look at it as an opportunity to pick up some draft picks along with that in a trade. But I think you've seen the future go bye-bye. GJ and Max, mornings on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Only one performance a day. Let's get this show on the road, eh? Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Daniel Salerson, Aaron Summers filling in for Gus Kangale today. Lots to get to on the show. The phone lines are open, 800-998-1003. If you want to chime in, we can talk Pelicans basketball. We can talk NFL free agency. We can talk March Madness, whatever you would like. We are here for you. As uh, some news starting to break here, Ian Rappaport, Aaron, talking about the Colts making progress on a potential Matt Ryan trade. So, Matt Ryan might be on the move, and you kind of had a feeling this might be coming after everything that went down last week between the Saints, the Falcons, and ended up being the Cleveland Browns. It was interesting to see the Falcons' approach to this, knowing that they had their franchise quarterback there. I understand the upgrade with Deshaun Watson as a player. Of course, everything in his background still to be determined. But with a guy like Matt Ryan, who's been there so long, to just say, all right, Matt, we're going to go try to make a trade. I feel like if Matt's response has to be like, all right, well, I want out, no matter what the situation, whether they got Watson or not, I feel like this was well, this was coming a little bit based on what happened last week. It's really hard for the Falcons to go back on what they said and the way they presented things when they were going after Deshaun Watson. It was very obvious to them that they were putting everything they had into trying to get him and basically letting Matt Ryan know how they felt about him and their future with him as the quarterback. I do not blame him one bit for looking elsewhere. I think I would probably do the same thing. And the Colts, you know, they're in a position right now where they need somebody over the next few years to kind of get them stable while they start working on rebuilding things over there. If he can get a deal that he's happy with and he's comfortable knowing that he's going to a team that wants him, why not? Yeah, and it's interesting just to kind of how the QB carousel is still going on this late in the free agency. It's been crazy. It has been. I feel like, you know, Carson Wentz getting traded to the Washington Commanders. Um, You've seen a bunch of quarterbacks kind of move a little bit, but I feel like the domino now kind of fell with Deshaun Watson. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of free agency got put on hold, at least for those four teams that were in the hunt between the Panthers, the Browns, the Falcons, and the Saints. And now you have to look at the Browns, too, with the whole Baker Mayfield situation, he felt like the writing was on the wall. He sent a goodbye farewell tweet last week, um, last Wednesday or Thursday before this was even done, basically saying, all right, Cleveland, it's been real. Thanks for the memories. And now you still have that. Thought maybe the Colts would maybe go after Baker Mayfield, but there's a few quarterbacks now. The Saints still looking for a quarterback. Even though free agency has kind of begun, I feel like it hasn't really started yet based on the Sean Watson situation. The writing on the wall was there for Baker Mayfield, and he might have known a little bit more behind the scenes as what was going on in regards to the Browns and Watson, even though all of us were kind of blindsided on Friday when that news came out, thinking that it was down to the Saints or the Falcons. And Baker kind of made it known that he was ready to go elsewhere. I've, I've been hearing that Saints and Panthers are options for him. Panthers definitely needing to get in here with a, a good quarterback for the next several years because I don't think Sam Darnold was it for them last season. No. 
And if they want to contend at all now that Tom Brady's back with the Bucks, you know, the NFC South is kind of leaning in their favor unless the Saints can kind of come through with a good option at quarterback. That's kind of what everybody around here is waiting for. Is it going to be Jameis Winston? Is it going to be somebody else? There are obviously viable options in the draft. It's not a very quarterback heavy as far as talent goes draft. I don't think it's as, as good as prospects that we've seen over the past few years, but there are some good options. So it'll be interesting to see how these next couple days go. Is it going to be like just one big circle? Because then if you look at the Falcon situation, if they're looking to trade Matt Ryan, mm-hmm. they still need a quarterback too. Absolutely. They go through the draft here. Again, this is not, you mentioned, not really a quarterback-centric draft as far as one that you're like, I got to have. But maybe they go that route. But at the same time here, the Saints are looking for one. It's interesting, the Panthers, is it crazy that out of all the stability in the NFC South, it's the Buccaneers from a guy that just came out of retirement to come back? I mean, that's unreal. That's the only situation that is set in stone for quarterbacks. It's just crazy how they were the ones that you thought were going to look for another quarterback, and now they're the only ones sitting back going, all right, we, we got our guy back again. I think everybody thought that you know the NFC South is prime for the taking. You know, the the Panthers have definitely had their struggles. Atlanta has been on the downturn. And then with Tom Brady out, you know, I think Saints fans around here were like, all right, we just kind of solidify our roster, get somebody that can come in and be a solid quarterback. We can definitely take this division. And it it's kind of crazy how things panned out on Friday, you know, with De- Deshaun Watson making the decision that he did, making a lot of of money and that swaying his decision and we'll see because the saints really worked hard to get some cap space for that opportunity so now they have a lot of money to work with so do you put all of it towards a quarterback or do you start thinking for maybe some of the pieces around him yeah absolutely and and like you mentioned the cap i think it's around 30 million now Mm -hmm. available for the new orleans saints and uh they did a, a get a couple of players on the defensive side of the ball with Marcus May and Contavious Street. We'll talk about that with John DeShazer at 230. We'll also talk free agency with Jeff Duncan at 115. But I still feel like even with Tom Brady, look, they, they're going to, you know, they're trying to bring people back now after he's like, hey, I'm coming back. But I feel like this division is still open and up for grabs. I think it's all going to depend on the quarterbacks for these other three teams. Maybe the Falcons not looking as great as, as some of the other teams as far as, look, you lose Calvin Ridley for the entire season due to the suspension for gambling. Um, you, you lost your other wide receiver in Russell Gage to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Really, it's Kyle Pitts on the offensive side and, and who else? But I feel like as far as the Saints, It'll see what Teron Armstead does as he's in Miami today, mm-hmm. but um, I feel like the Saints are a quarterback away here from you know being fully in this NFC South race next year. It really feels like that's the only question mark for the Saints. Sure, they are going to lose a couple guys here or there. They've restructured some contracts. Teron Armstead, as you mentioned, the one that the offensive lineman who clearly deserves to get paid. He's done really well, but we saw last year with the injuries, with COVID, lots of other players were able to step in in those positions and be viable options. And then, you know, we lost Marcus Williams in free agency as well, another player who definitely deserved that contract. But other than that, there's some really good pieces on this team. I know people have talked about, you know, offensive weapons, but you think you're getting Michael Thomas back, still have Alvin Kamara. It's just the quarterback position, really what you need to solidify and they have said it's not going to be Taysom Hill he, he's not going to fulfill that position he's going to be you know the Swiss Army knife come in at times but yeah you just needed somebody steady to to run this offense 
on the grand scheme of things as far as NFL free agencies in the trades, has there been any one that kind of surprised you? Look, Devontae Adams was one that I really didn't see coming. Yeah. You signed Aaron Rodgers for that big deal, and you thought his number one weapon in Devontae Adams would stay with him. He goes, gets traded to the Las Vegas Raiders. The AFC West seems to be stacked right now as they also get or Khalil Mack goes to the AFC West as well. I mean, what other free agencies? Is there any one that's kind of surprised you about how it went down? I, I think it all really started with Russell Wilson going yeah. to Denver. That was an incredible get by them. And we know the Seahawks are definitely in a rebuild here. I, I think that he's going to change that team immensely. And it's going to be, it's going to be a crazy season, I think, across the NFL because of all the movement and, and the big, big players that have gone to different teams. Absolutely. So we'll kind of see how the rest of the week goes as far as free agency is concerned. You can also hear from the newest members of the Saints later on in a press conference with Contavious Street. And you can also hear from Marcus May, but also your exclusive interview came from NewOrleansSaints.com and the Saints podcast presented by Seeky. Since we are hosting today, we get to plug whatever we want. Shameless plugs. And so Aaron caught up with both of them on Friday's podcast. So if you missed it, Log on to NewOrleansSaints.com, the mobile app, or you can download the show on iTunes. And, and it seems like two great guys. You talk about the locker room culture, Aaron, yeah. with those two, just based on talking to them alone. Both of them are excited to get to New Orleans, and uh, both, both can really help on the defensive side of the ball. Both of them mentioned having seen New Orleans you know, over the years, the players, the type of people that come to play here, how much fun it seems like they have, the culture that they've developed and that they wanted to come be a part of that. I think the the funniest thing to me was talking to Contavious Street about the fact that he sacked Drew Brees and broke his ribs, fractured his ribs. You know, that's how Saints fans are going to remember Street. And I asked him, you know, what do you want to say about it? How do you feel after that? And he, he definitely seemed a little upset about it. He seemed very apologetic. He was like, I'm so sorry. And I just want, and if I ever get to meet Drew, I just want to give him a big hug. And he hopes that Saints fans will forgive him for that and he can show them. You know, that he can do that to the opposing quarterbacks here next season. Yeah, it's crazy when that's what you're known for is breaking the ribs of your franchise quarterback a couple, <laughs> last year or a couple seasons ago. Um, but, you know, seeing him in person, I know every defensive player is a big dude. Yeah. But Contavious Street is a big dude. And I think the other connection that you brought up, he brought mm-hmm. up, is his connection with Ryan Nielsen from NC State. So I think that familiarity is certainly going to help him here. Yeah, Nielsen was a defensive line coach at NC State when Contavious Street was there. So they have a good rapport, and that was one reason why Street wanted to be here, because he really respects Nielsen as a coach and said that I mean, he was just glowing remarks about who he was as a coach, his, his schemes, how he's developed players. He mentioned Cam Jordan and how he wants to learn from him. He's excited to play next to him and how he's excited to kind of continue to develop his game working with Nielsen here at this level. Where do you think that money is spent? I know, you know, it's hard to put in that GM hat on, but for the Saints, is it more the offensive side of the ball that maybe they start spending some of this free cap space on now that Deshaun Watson's out of the picture, or do they still focus on the defense? Yeah, so Jameis Winston is a great price point for the Saints. And then because of that, they could go and get some more offensive 
weapons. I think defensively, now that they've made two moves here in free agency, getting a safety and alignments, an interior lineman most likely, which were two areas that they needed to address, losing Marcus Williams. And, you know, they seem pretty solid on that side of the ball. So, yeah, let's definitely use the money on the offensive side. All right, so the, the news seems like it's going to happen according to some sources. Pat McAfee 12 minutes ago, Matt Ryan to the Colts is all but done. His source saying it's for a third rounder. So it looks like it's going to be weird seeing Matt Ryan in a different uniform this whole time. I know the rivalry between the Saints and the Falcons. I know a lot of people are not big fans of Matt Ryan, and I'm sure going to miss some of the, the not-so-great games he had against the New yeah. Orleans Saints. But now it's interesting here who they might go after and how this kind of changes things. So I, it's just it's hard to believe after all this time it came down to the trading Matt Ryan, and I feel like now it's basically a, a full rebuild potentially beginning for Atlanta. I, I would think so. You know, you have a couple options out there with, you know, Garoppolo. We haven't even mentioned him, uh, mentioned Baker Mayfield, even though I haven't seen his name thrown around right. with Atlanta yet, but maybe because they didn't really realize that there would be uh, an opening there. And then, you know, you do have a couple people that you could draft. Kenny Pickett's pretty good. Pittsburgh quarterback there. So we'll, we'll see what they do. It's, it's fun to watch. It I know is. it's painful for fans because, you know, you sit here and you're reading tweets and you're trying to analyze all these things and you have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. So I know that the Saints, you know, brass, they're working and hopefully we'll have some news out of them over the next couple of days, too. All right. When we come back, we'll hear from Jordan Kleber. We'll check in with him on the question of the day. We'll try to take your calls as well. 800-998-1003. Matt Ryan to the Colts. We'll see what Jordan Kleber thinks about that. You're listening to the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans 100.3 FM. Calvin Braxton Ford is your brand new car dealer in Lockport, Louisiana. They cannot wait for you to stop in and take a look at their big town inventory and small town prices. Schedule your test drive today and let one of their trained sales staff help you every step of the way. Their skilled management team ensures that you'll have a phenomenal experience, whether it be sales, service, parts, or financing. Ford, the number one brand in America. Stop by today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 Highway 1 in Lockport. I was surprised. I was definitely surprised. Yep, we had no idea. Totally surprised. Um, can you say jaw drop? Who knew? State Farm with these great rates? The surprise everyone's talking about is the surprisingly great rates for home and auto insurance from State Farm, especially when you combine them. When you want the real deal, call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today. 985-632-0988. How do you make the most of your mow? Tony and Melissa do it on a John Deere Z-Track mower so they can get as much done as possible. I jump out of the house, a cup of coffee, and I'm at work. It's just really fast. There are millions of ways to make the most of your mow. How will you make the most of yours? Nothing runs like a deer. Run with us. Visit Home Attractor today next to the tunnel. Advanced Eye Institute and Cutoff is your hometown eye care provider. Dr. Darby Chasson is here to serve the eye care needs of your entire family. 
full-service eye medical and vision services are provided in a friendly atmosphere. For the latest in designer frames to advancements in astigmatism and bifocal contact lenses, call Advanced Eye Institute at 985-632-2884 for your appointment today or visit our website at visionsourceadvancedeyecutoff.com. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengap. 800-998-1003. Daniel Salerson filling in for Gus Kattengap. Aaron Summers as well. We are joined now by Jordan Kleber. I'm not going to call him Jordan the intern. He's my guy. Just going to leave him as Jordan Kleber, part of the Sports Hangover. Jordan, you done with class for today? Everything good? Yes, I am done with class for today. Thank God. I appreciate that, Dan. How are you guys doing today? We're good. We're we're kind of just uh, taking in the news. Matt Ryan, no longer a part of the Atlanta Falcons, heading to the Colts. Who are you going to make fun of now from the Falcons now that Matt Ryan's gone, Jordan? That, that's what I'm saying. It's it's kind of sad. I, I, I'm looking at the deal just popping up. Adam Schefter say um, a 2022 third round pick looks like the Falcons are going to be receiving. I don't know who we're going to make fun of now because I mean that that was our guy, Matty Guys. He's, he's in the ASP now. He, he is, and, you know, really it's just Kyle Pitts and the Falcons. It seems like no Calvin Ridley as well, so you're going to have to find a new target as far to who to roast on, on the Atlanta Falcons. Are you surprised on this move, or did you see it coming based on everything with the Deshaun Watson situation last week? Uh, we were we talked about this yesterday, uh, I mean, Friday uh, during the show, and it was always looking like it was going to be the Colts, but it was weird hearing the news after the Deshaun Watson news broke because then it was like, all right, well, then the Falcons are just going to stick with what they know in Matt Ryan and maybe go after a quarterback in the draft. But not that they're trading other pieces. It looks like they're just in full blow-up mode and they're trying to get back to a place that they were a few years ago in the Super Bowl. So I think it's going to be a little while until they recover again. Uh, nothing to worry about. Like I was hearing both of you guys say, Earlier in the show, I think it's, the NFC South is really up in the air. I know Tom Brady's coming back within the division, but at the same time, uh, he, he is getting older, and the Saints have proven to beat him in the regular season. So, you're a Saints fan. I wouldn't be too worried about anything in the NFC South. It, it looks to be wide open as of right now. All right, so you had a question of the day um, at ESPN Radio. And all do you have it in front of you? Can you tell the listeners what the question of the day is regarding yeah. the Pelicans? Yes, Monday's question of the day. Give us your key to tonight's game as the Pelicans take on the Charlotte Hornets. And you can comment at ESPN Radio Nola over on Twitter or call in 800-998-1003. And Buddy will take your phone call up in the road. Yeah, absolutely. So what is the biggest key for you, Jordan, tonight in in a back-to-back and trying to sweep the road trip? Ooh, this was kind of a question that was intriguing to me because the Pelicans are, are streaking a little bit, and they're, the upcoming game, not the next game, but there's four games that are coming up, and the big implication, I mean, you get to basically you know, secure your place in the playing tournament if you win those four games, because there's teams that are right around you competing for that ninth and tenth seed. Uh, my biggest key, though, for tonight's game is, um, I guess, since I can be consistent, just do what you did last night. Jose Alvarado stepped up in a big way coming off the bench, uh, being able to put up, what, 15 points in 20, what, 3, 24 minutes. Mm-hmm. 
Utah. He was a key contributor in leading the Pelicans to victory last night. And also, just learning how to close out games like they did last night, being able to, you know, start off the game strong and finish the game strong like they did starting it. So, just keep that tempo throughout the whole entire game. That would be the key for a nice matchup. I know you talked about uh, Pelicans didn't, you know, the, the Hornets got the best of the Pelicans the last time they matched up. So, hopefully they can, you know, punch them back in the mouth and be able to uh, take another game, you know, take widen that stretch for the ninth seed. Hopefully the Lakers can lose tonight. Yeah, they play at Cleveland tonight. Um, I wanted to ask you about who do you want to see in that play-in game for the Pelicans, assuming that they get in. Do you want the Lakers if it's a 9-10? Do you want the Spurs? Do you want the Blazers? Does it really matter to you, Jordan? I mean, this whole time I was, I was, I really want, I really want the Lakers because I just want to have that chance or opportunity to be able to knock them out of the playoff altogether and. You know, not to be too disrespectful, but, you know, just to, you know, maybe a two-finger salute to everything that went down uh, a few years ago. But now that you're looking at it a little bit more, I would rather have San Antonio get in solely for the reason I want the Lakers out for a chance for us to, you know, claim that top-10 secured pick. I mean, the more picks that you have, I think, you know, the better your chance to start making your team better for the long run. So uh, as much as I would like to see the Lakers, in the playing situation, just to knock them out, I, I'm looking more towards the future in the Pelicans instead of, you know, a, a short-term, you know, feel-good moment. I feel like we maybe should change the poll question or update another one, Jordan, for the for the next couple of hours. And, and and maybe what position do you think the Pelicans will, will finish in the Western Conference, ninth? 10th or god forbid not even in i feel like that i feel like that could be a good question based on what the standings are looking like here with 11 games to go yeah absolutely and like i was mentioning earlier after tonight you have chicago and you have huge four game stretch san antonio los angeles portland and then los angeles again so basically you know you have 11 games left in the regular season uh, those four games that can lock it up for you easily if you if you're able to you know win all of those. Uh, it's going to be an interesting remainder of the season. I'm sure all y'all are excited, uh, and it's being able to listen to you guys on the radio. Uh, it, it, it's, it's exciting time to be a Pelicans fan, especially with everything that that happened early on in the season. Absolutely. Let's switch gears to NCAA tournament. I want to know how your bracket's doing. Has have you ripped it apart yet? Are you hanging in there as far as your bracket? Daniel, the first four hours I was ripping it apart. <laughs> like, I, I don't think I lasted half of the first day, and I made twenty five brackets. Twenty five? Yeah, I, I made the, I made every. I, they maxed me out as soon as I hit twenty five. It's like you're done. You can't. You can't make any more brackets for the rest of the tournament. Are you done? Are all 25 done? Because that would be an impressive feat after the first weekend that all 25 are done. You didn't switch them up any? Yeah. No, I did switch them up, but I mean, it was just, was it a one in quadrillion chance that, that you're going to be able to win it? I, I watched a YouTube video a few years back that you have a better chance of picking out a certain piece of sand that's on planet Earth than winning the March Madness bracket. 
but still 25, like, would you have four number one seeds, you can just pick all of them to win, and you can pick all the two seeds to win, you can pick all the three seeds. One of them has to land a little bit. I'm guessing you didn't have St. Peter's going too far, did you? Oh, well, no, no. I still, I still, oh, I still have teams that are in that can win the tournament, but I'm just saying, like, for a perfect bracket line. Oh, well, come on. The the standards for and the being realistic, I wasn't expecting you to get a perfect bracket. And again, there's no perfect brackets left. So <laughs> as far as your bracket is concerned, though, is it still hanging in there as far as trying to win your, your group here? Oh, yeah. I, I, I have a few brackets that I'm, I'm able to win. I have to, I have to update myself on the ESPN one that we have uh, that I created earlier this week. I mean, earlier last week, so I have to double-check that, and well, that's the winner once uh, the whole tournament set it done. Are you beating Gus right now? Then that's the main question. I'm pretty sure, I'm, yeah, I looked at it earlier uh, during the weekend, and I noticed something. I see zero points. I think he forgot to fill out his bracket. Or no his way. He didn't refresh the page. Yeah, there's, there's literally nothing. Out of all that, <laughs> Gus Cangale forgot to fill out his bracket. It's, there should be a penalty for I, I that. The hard part creating. There should be a penalty for that. When he's back on the show tomorrow, I expect you to give him some ridicule for that and tell him that I said so. Because if you don't fill out a bracket in your own ESPN group, there should be some sort of penalty for that. Just like the time that he, he forgot to come to the, the fantasy football draft party. Oh, man. He's just... That guy's the worst, I feel like. Unbelievable. Jordan... Um, what else do we? What else do we want to talk about uh, the rest of the show here? Should we do a poll question on as far as the the play in, and then maybe is there one? Are we sad to see Matt Ryan go? Are you? I mean, I think I don't know. That's easy, just a yes or no. But are are Saints fans going to be you know disappointed like, that Matt Ryan is is now headed to the Colts? You know, what? I like the one that you were kind of mentioning earlier. You asked me the question: If I want, who do I want to see in the? Uh, as the ninth or tenth seed, if the Pelicans are either the ninth or the tenth, uh, and I answered it being the first, I'll, I'll put that one out as a poll as well. Who would you like to see uh, at the tenth seed? We'll, we'll be optimistic and we'll say the Pelicans secure the ninth seed in the playing tournament, and we'll, I'll just put out there who do you want to see as the tenth seed, uh, the last remaining playing seed uh, for the playing game, and then I'll, I'll do that one and the other one that you mentioned. Uh, a few minutes ago. All right, that's Jordan Kleber for you. You can follow him on Twitter at JD Kleber, K L I E B E R T, as he'll be posting on ESPN Radio NOLA Twitter question. We'll check back in with you in about an hour or so, Jordan. Now that you're done with class, um, take a break, relax, and we'll talk to you in a little bit. Sounds good. I'll be listening and sending some updates. All right, that's Jordan Kleber. Cameron Jordan just tweeted six minutes ago Do we play the Colts? What's the same schedule with a Ron Burgundy no gift based on the Matt Ryan situation now? So in a matter of a week for the Atlanta sports fan base, for the Braves, no more Freddie Freeman as he has gone off to L.A. to play with the Dodgers. And Matt Ryan traded to the Indianapolis Colts in exchange for a third-round pick. So Atlanta sports landscape look a little different as far as some guys that have been with the franchise for a long time, both kind of had a, an awkward ending with the whole Freddie Freeman situation, them trading for a first baseman. That's me, the baseball guy coming out and the Braves fan, but also the way things went with Deshaun Watson and how things went in Atlanta. It's certainly uh, an interesting way for Matt Ryan's tenure with the Atlanta Falcons to come to an end, but the Colts have their quarterback 
and uh, we'll see how it plays out for Atlanta during free agency. All right, we're going to turn the page of hour number one and flip to hour number two. We'll talk a little March Madness. Terrence Oglesby joins the show next. You're listening to the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans 100.3 FM. I'm cool. 